How many of you have heard of Hugh McHale? How many of you have heard of Hugh McHale? Okay. Hugh McHale was a 26-year-old Scottish covenanter who suffered persecution and was executed for his faith in 1666. After being repeatedly tortured with the bone and marrow mixing boot, where a metal wedge was hammered against the leg bone, he was finally sentenced to death by hanging. And as he was dragged to jail, he shouted joyfully to the crowds, how good is the news? Four days now until I see Jesus. And on the day he was executed, this is what he said as he joyfully addressed the crowd. Now I leave off to speak any more with created beings and begin my communion with God, which shall never be broken off. Farewell, father and mother, friends and relations. Farewell, the world and all delights. Farewell, meat and drink. Farewell, sun, moon, and stars. Welcome, God and Father. Welcome, sweet Lord Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Welcome, blessed spirit of grace, God of all consolation. Welcome, glory. Welcome, eternal life. Welcome, death. Well, brothers and sisters, today we have the privilege of learning about what to do when you are persecuted for your faith in Matthew 5, verse 12, which you can find on page 810 of the Bibles provided. Let me pray for us before the reading of God's word. God Almighty, we thank you for your word that gives life and reveals to us your will. We ask that you bring glory to your name through the preaching of your word this evening. Lead us and teach us through your spirit. Open our minds and our hearts that we may receive, understand, and believe your word. Help us to find joy in you and in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let me read for us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 to 12. Again, you can find it on page 810 of the Bibles provided. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. <clears throat> We're going to cover two main points from this text today. And point number one is our response to persecution our response to persecution. Point number two, reasons for our response. Reasons for our response. And if there's one key takeaway that I want you to take from this today, it is that no persecution can compare to the joy that is found in Christ and his glory. No persecution can compare to the joy that is found in Christ and his glory. Let us now look at our first point, our response to persecution. Having established the characteristics of true faith that are, and the blessings that are associated with those characteristics in Matthew 5, verses 3 to 9, 
as well as the persecution we are to expect from the world in verses 10 to 12. Verses 10 to 11, rather. Verse 12 focuses on our response or our attitude to this persecution. How are we to respond to persecution and to the promise of a blessing for those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake? And I want us to notice here that unlike the rest of the Beatitudes, this verse carries with it a direct command for us. It tells us that we are to rejoice and be glad. Not only are we blessed when we are persecuted for righteousness' sake, when they revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on Jesus' account, not only are we to patiently endure this persecution, but Jesus says we should rejoice and be glad. He says we should be exceedingly jubilant. He says we should sing for joy. We see an example of this in Acts chapter 5, in verse 41. After the apostles were arrested, put in prison, and beaten for preaching God's word. It says, then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And then in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 13, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it for us. Here's what it says. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. I want us to take a moment to consider the words rejoice and be glad. When these words are used in the Bible, the joy or the rejoicing is usually because of the Lord or in the Lord or in the day the Lord has made. Even when they are used when suffering is involved, the joy is still in Christ. Brothers and sisters, this tells us that our joy is not based on our changing circumstances. Our joy is found in the Lord. It is based on unchanging eternal promises through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we are encouraged by God's word to rejoice in good times and to still rejoice and be glad in persecution because our Lord Jesus Christ is an unchanging God. He is still God in persecution and he is still God in good times. Let us now take a look at our second point. Our response, our reasons for our response. Reasons for our response. Why should we be glad and rejoice when they persecute us? Why should you rejoice and be glad when you are being falsely accused and all kinds of evil is uttered against you for Christ's sake? Well, brothers and sisters, Matthew 5 verse 12 gives us two reasons for us to rejoice and be glad in the face of persecution. And reason number one is your reward is great in heaven. Let me read verse 12 for us once again. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Brothers and sisters, we are to rejoice and be glad because there's a great reward for us in heaven. 
And I want us to notice that this is Jesus himself saying that this reward is great and is in heaven. This should tell us that this greatness is not by the world's standards. This greatness is by God's standards himself. Please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 7, which can be found on page 1014 of the Bibles provided. Peter is writing to Christians who are going through persecution, and he gives us a perfect picture of the nature of this reward. Let me read for us from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, brothers and sisters, Peter tells us that this inheritance is imperishable. That means it is eternal. It will not pass away. It is undefiled. That means it is not stained with sin. And it is pure. It is unfading. So it will not fade away. It will neither wither nor decay. And then it is kept in heaven for you. Brothers and sisters, our life on this earth is temporary. We are exiles in this world. All our treasures on this earth, they will fade away. Moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal, as Christ tells us in Matthew 6, verse 19. But we have a reason to rejoice and be glad in the face of persecution, because we have an assurance of an inheritance which is safe and secure, kept in heaven for us. And in verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 1, it also says something about those who are in Christ. Not only is this inheritance kept in heaven for you, but you are also being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Brothers and sisters, God's power does not only keep this inheritance safe and secure for us in heaven, but it also keeps us as believers until this inheritance is revealed to us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, this is what Paul says. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Friends, if you are in Christ, you should respond to persecution with gladness because we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and are guaranteed our eternal reward in heaven.
a reward that is far greater than any persecution that we can face. And if you are here today and you do not have an assurance of this eternal reward in heaven through Christ, I want you to know that you can have assurance of this salvation. Christ was persecuted and died to pay for our sins. And on the third day, he rose again and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Friend, you need to turn away from your sins and believe in him as your Lord and your Savior. You can still have an assurance of this eternal reward through Christ Jesus our Lord. If you want to hear more about that, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it at the end of the service. Let us now turn to look at the second reason for us to rejoice and be glad. That is the last part of Matthew 5, verse 12. Please turn back to Matthew 5, verse 12, again on page 810 of the Bibles provided. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. A few weeks ago, we had the privilege to learn from Acts chapter 7. And in verse 52 of Acts 7, when Stephen is seized and falsely accused, and just before he is stoned to death for preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, this is what he says to his persecutors. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels did not keep it. Brothers and sisters, even before he is stoned to death, Stephen recognizes here and he reminds his persecutors that he is not the first to be persecuted for Christ's sake. Neither will he be the last to be persecuted for Christ's sake. So brothers and sisters, you are not alone and you are not unique when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. Someone else has gone through this before you. And this is something that is common to God's servant. So this should tell us that we are in the right company. And for that, we are to rejoice and to be glad. These prophets, they were before us in time to serve as an example of how to endure suffering patiently and joyfully. And the Bible provides plenty of examples of prophets being persecuted for righteousness sake. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah, Zechariah, and many other believers through the ages were persecuted for sharing the word of God. But God loved them enough to see them through it. And that same love and grace which saw them through that persecution is enough to see us through this persecution, brothers and sisters. And for that, we are to rejoice and to be glad. And there's something I want us to notice in this section. Jesus likens Christians to the prophets who God used to preach his word. And despite persecution, all these prophets persisted in boldly proclaiming God's word. Brothers and sisters, we need to take this seriously. We need to be bold and persistent in proclaiming God's word, even in the face of persecution. We need to be bold and persistent in pursuing righteousness. 
If you are not facing persecution, you need to ask yourself if you are really proclaiming God's word or living a godly life in Christ Jesus. And because this is something that is common to God's servants, brothers and sisters, because you are not alone in suffering persecution, this means there's most likely a brother or a sister who suffer in persecution for righteousness sake among us. So let us encourage one another in prayer. Let us encourage one another in proclaiming God's word because we've established that we're not unique and this is something that is common among God's servants. So we're to encourage one another in prayer and we're to encourage one another in proclaiming God's word. As we conclude, I want us to consider what Paul says in Romans 8, verse 18. I will read it for us. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Brothers and sisters, we should give praise to God for this assurance. We should rejoice and be glad through persecution, because we will share in this glory with Christ. And Revelation 21, verse 3 to 4, gives us a picture of this glory. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation 21, 3 to 4, which can be found on page 1041 of the Bibles provided. Revelation 21, verses 3 to 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. This Brothers and sisters, it's the summation of the blessings we've been seeing throughout the Beatitudes. We mourn over our sins now, but there shall be no mourning, because there shall be no sin, and he shall wipe away every tear from our eyes. The pure in heart shall see God, because he will dwell among them. The peacemakers shall be called sons of God, because they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Those who are poor in spirit, those who are meek, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and those who are persecuted will be satisfied and inherit the kingdom of heaven because the dwelling place of God will be with man. Brothers and sisters, let us look to Christ, our sure and steady anchor that shall never be removed. Let us look forward to the day when we will be with Christ in God's presence and when we will be made like Christ and we will rejoice with all the saints who were persecuted before us, like you, Michael. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let me pray for us.